Welcome back to the Support Insights podcast. I'm your host, Ben Goody from the Sentisum team. Today, we are focusing on one of the most important topics in customer service, your team. Customer service is known for being tough work and the agents themselves are on the front line dealing with the brunt of unhappy customers and many see it as a short-term job opportunity. In that environment, your internal culture goes a long way towards creating a happy place of work where employees want to stay for the long term. If we're going to change the narrative around customer service as a strong career opportunity, we need to start by empowering agents with the right tools and the authority to do a great job and deliver the great customer experience that we know that they want to. This is an extra special episode because it's a roundup of short clips from six different customer service leaders taken from all the previous episodes we've done. It's telling that so many of our guests have talked about the importance of empowerment. And in this episode, we'll hear all about why it's important and what you can do to better empower your team today. Our first clip is with the incredible Heidi El Hawari, who was, at the time we recorded episode 11, head of user support at the large European travel comparison site, Trivago. Let's hear from her why empowering agents to make decisions themselves can be so powerful for a support team. The other thing that I think that in this industry we're also quite good at is empowering your agents. I hear this quite a bit when I'm listening to like other people's podcasts, reading um, articles and things like that, uh, and also see it within within how we work is the, the, the fact that sometimes things get really, really, it's just too much. You can't always expect that you're going to respond back to the to the customers in a timely manner and at the same time you still have like certain things that maybe you need to review with your manager and having managers empower their agents to make those decisions by themselves i mean you shouldn't be able to afford the time to wait for your manager to look and review at all of the cases and make the decisions for you until you empower the people that work allow them to take the action and then that is also a very huge learning opportunity and also increases that level of empathy and that level of of customer experience where it's more personalized because the agent is in control and so they feel how they are and of course Customer service agents, um, they're very specific in nature of of how they are personality-wise. You know they're always going to want to put that smile on their face. You're always going to want that they want to help. They don't want to get yelled at. Nobody wants to get called names. Uh, And so you always try and do your best, right? And and you feel for the people out there, especially when they explain to you their situations and things that have happened. Love it, Heidi. It's so true that if you hire great people, empowerment sets them free to do their best work. And ultimately, that's just better for the customer. Our next clip is from episode four with Alice Godfrey, the founder of the customer support consultancy Bloomick. We talk about gift giving when you should and shouldn't give gifts to customers and how empowering your agents to listen to the customer's needs and then giving them the authority and the budget to give gifts can keep advisors motivated and connected with customers. I personally would try not to give a gift if it's in response to something that we've done wrong or a mistake that we've made. I would want to rectify that appropriately and if, if you can reimburse or, or replace the product or whatever then yeah great but I think what means more is when you've actively listened so I would always encourage advisors to actively listen if during a phone call someone in passing says it's my birthday or it says or they say someone has died or someone's having a baby things like that if you can actively pick up on them and then as a surprise send a little card from the business or a bunch of flowers or whatever it may be that just say we were sorry to hear about your your father passing away or are we hope you enjoy your birthday here's 
a little something. Things like that mean so much more to people because rectifying a complaint or replacing a product, that's expected. That's like almost the bare minimum of what you should be doing. It's about going further than that. That's true. I think I would potentially be more annoyed that you've messed up really bad and then you give me a five pound coffee voucher. Yeah, it would feel like such an insult. Like yeah. when you surprise people with that five pound coffee card then it's like oh yeah thank you exactly yeah i think i've mentioned before about the business called hug which is like hug with three g's i think it's an app that you can use to send little gifts to people like that and it could just be a coffee and it goes to them as a code on their phone that they just scan in the shop and you've paid for their coffee for them. And things like that, if you can implement that within your team, that's a really good thing that you can give advisors autonomy on because it's restricted. It's just a coffee or they're not going to be able to send 50 pounds of something and it's not going to cause offense. So things like that, if you can give the advisors that, it really helps them feel motivated as well throughout the day because a lot of the time in customer service, you're just fixing problems and everything's quite negative. And I think bringing some joy to their day if they can give things and you always get a response when you send a surprise thoughtful thing to a customer you always get a response that says wow thank you you don't know how much that means to me and that thank you for the advisor is going to motivate them yeah yeah that would definitely make me feel much happier in my job if you get to give free stuff and people love it also i'm thinking like unethical life tip just to mention it's your birthday on every customer support call That's like when people pretend to get engaged in restaurants. I think it'd be so funny to do it to your friend at a restaurant, just pretend it's their birthday and then get (laughs) a cake to come. (laughs) Next up is episode 28 with Dimple Patani, head of frontline customer support at GoCardless. Dimple's commitment to her team's happiness and building a strong culture shone through in this episode and it was so great to hear. In this clip, Dimple discusses the impact of empowering agents to take their time with customers and really resolve issues for them and perhaps any ones that they're going to face in the future. At GoCardless, it's not about queue crashing. Agents can take 40 minutes on a call if their customers need them. Let's hear. So right from the time an agent is hired, the message that we give them is that we are going to be focusing on providing holistic solutions with first-time resolution in mind. And that is continuously reinforced. So if a call takes 40 minutes, uh, so be it, right? We empower our agents to take ownership of each interaction and ensure that they're not only resolving the customer issue for now, but they're also sort of trained to anticipate future questions or future issues that the customer may have. And we're also going to be looking at how the customer is using our product. Could they be using a product in a better way and leverage us better, sort of enhance their experience with us as well. And we make recommendations based on that. So this is really where our support team stands out and shines. So support has been the starting place where you've really built that foundation of our product and, and the knowledge and the culture of the company. Mm-hmm. And in, within the team as well, or, or across the company, there's a strong element of trust, respect, and empowerment. And I keep coming back to empowerment because I sort of talked to you about how we start empowering our agents from, from the beginning and then ground up. And in order to truly empower people, one needs to trust them, respect their judgment, and give them the discretion in making educated decisions. I mean, you can't hover around people and breathe down their necks. That is stifling and not conducive to a happy, healthy work environment. Um, and if I go back to the basics, I mean, when we, have, when we have people join our team, we have a three-week onboarding program for all new hires. 
in customer support. And this includes what we call global onboarding, which gives them a sort of a flavor of everything in the company, uh, how it all fits into this big puzzle. And then there is customer support specific onboarding as well. And within customer support, we don't have one size fits all. We've built, built onboarding templates that are specific to the shift pattern that they're going to be joining and the market that they're going to be serving as well. And we put in a lot of time and effort into onboarding someone. There is also an expectation to be self-sufficient and resilient resourceful. So it's not just possible, as you can appreciate, to teach everyone everything there is to know about the job. So there is a great deal of learning on the job itself. And this molds our new hires into our culture. So we give them all the tools, resources, and support, but they must demonstrate how they try to find the answer themselves before seeking help. And we believe this is the best way to learn because it creates a culture, nurtures a culture, wherein one is expected to be self-sufficient, yet feels safe in the knowledge that if they stumble, someone's going to have them back. Gokala sounds like a great place to work. And in this next clip from episode 18, we hear from Charlotte Spain, head of customer at Buzzbike. Buzzbike sounds like such an empowering, interesting place to work. So I asked Charlotte how she plans to maintain that culture and the freedoms her team have now as they grow. Let's hear what Charlotte has to say. How do you, what would you do if you have, say in the future, let's hope you grow really well and you have 30 people in your team. How do you keep that, that level of like freedoms and yeah, empowering people? I think it is all about the trust. And I think it is something I think about as we scale, like I love where we are at the moment and I don't want to lose that. So I think it is immersing everybody in it. And I think as we do get bigger, having that brand actually more visible. So brand rider happiness, more visible. Like I've thought about all sorts of things. Should we actually have a special jump? that we wear or something like that which represents us because then I think that you recognize that you are a part of that and it's actually then very easy to see who's maybe struggling with that concept and because there's maybe 29 people who are loving it and doing it really well and one person who's not really getting it whereas I think if you don't have that kind of brand and the values and that type of thing sometimes some of that can get a bit lost like you're just reading data rather than actually seeing kind of the, the impact of it so I think yeah I think for us making that brand really visible like immersing a new joiner into that showing them exactly what they're here to do I think keeps that autonomy there because they know that it's bigger than just the job it's a whole mission around it yeah for sure and I think one thing like you talked about before hiring people who have already great kind of customer service experience like those people are going to want to be like this anyway so you can trust them yeah exactly they're used to delivering that level and they're used to going like above and beyond for people yeah it's a perfect match Okay, next clip. I love this next clip from episode 21 in particular because it's not just about empowerment, it's about honouring the team you already have and supporting them to grow and take on more responsibility in the company. Let's hear from Oleg Krasnov, Head of Support Excellence at Miro. So I, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I, uh, like through my career as uh, I started to be a manager, I promoted a lot of people to different roles uh, in my previous companies as well. Um, and the, I, I really uh, like the the way when you can build the the support team as sort of like um, talent factory because people who spend uh, a couple of years in customer support they uh, usually they have really big empathy uh, they also know really well customers and uh, the product so and you also communicate a lot and you're basically in the middle of every process in the company. So you communicate with uh, lots of teams as well. Um, so yeah. 
and you, you, you can go anywhere from the, from the customer support. You can go to the product manager, you can go to the uh, operations role, you can go to the second line and then QA, then you can go to, I don't know, DevOps, you can go to the uh, software engineer. Uh, so the opportunities are, you know, enormous, I would say for the customer support, if uh, it's treated well, if you have this, this culture in the company. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really in love with the fact that I had an opportunity to promote those people. Uh, but it's all about the pros and cons because eventually if you promote uh, some junior people from your team, you would need to heavily invest in, I don't know, first three, four, five months in, in their development because they would just require a lot of coaching. So, uh, but also one learning that I had is that, yeah, I had the operations folk uh, on the hold and I would love to have uh, really strong uh, operations uh, hire uh, from some other companies who already uh, been doing this. But uh, I was, it, it was sort of like a personal constraint that I would uh, feel really awful if I would hire someone else and uh, just, you know, like uh, give this opportunity to someone else where we already had this I don't know, progress in place and where we had the agreement. Uh, so I think further on, as soon as I build the team, uh, I will just mix both like internal promotions and some more senior hires, uh, from, from other companies, because, uh, yeah. when I look at the, at the companies like Dropbox, uh, who are way more mature and like just on another level from the business perspective, I see that they have a lot of support operations uh, guys in uh, in the place. So definitely, I can I can I understand that I can uh, potentially uh, hire those people uh, or maybe from some other companies, and they will be adding some additional value uh, because of you know they they already built something in place. But uh, I think it's it's just it, it should be like a healthy balance between uh, both because I still don't want to you know, our support agents be in a constraint when they feel like they don't have the opportunities to grow. But it's all about, you know, the balance. This episode wouldn't be complete without this final clip we have on culture and empowerment. And it's with the person who is probably the most passionate leader I've come across on this subject. When we did the interview, Remote had just raised 150 million funding round and Luis Pinto, the guest and director of CX at Remote, was tasked with hiring 60 CX people by the end of 2021. We talk about employee retention and what's critical for making your team happy. Here's what he said. What do you think is key in a remote environment, especially to, to keep employees retained and happy? Well, going back to, to the beginning, it all starts on the interview, on the interview process and, and make sure that the onboarding is flawless and we provide uh, the new employees with the very good experience. And we need to have a sense of the, the human resource. So the, the human factor in, in companies, it's not only uh, a cliche. They will talk with their families. They will talk with their friends. They will talk with everyone on their network. And they have, at the end of the day, our employees are our biggest brand. They represent the company outside when they go to a restaurant, when they go to a movie, when they go to a theater. There is a remote person right there. Um, and they will, they will spread the message and they will, in a way, water our values and spread that way of thinking. And one of the key or one of the mistakes of management that I saw in my years of experience is to think that people do not speak with each other and overlook that those messages. 
listen to your teams. Make sure that you are open for them when they want to speak with you. When someone is leaving you a termination letter, it means that they are already thinking for two or three months on leaving. They didn't have the decision on that day or in that hour. So make sure that you are there for the interviewing process. Make sure that you are there for the onboarding process. Make sure that you follow the, the process of growth of that, of that specific per person. Implement a personal development. Be very clear about the salary bands. Do quality checks about their performance, about the KPIs, about the targets. Explain everything top down when you have a breach or a management meeting, what's going on and to a certain extent, what are the projects new products for the company. Make sure that the person is part of the journey. Make sure that the person will be the journey. Don't forget that without them, and I, I said that this to my teams, all of the teams I managed so far, hey guys, if you don't show up on Monday, I don't have a job too. So the only reason why managers are managers, it's because they have someone to manage. And that's very important. For me, it's the most important message. I, I don't exist without them, uh, but they do exist without me. So it's, it's to have that sense of your own mortality and that you are here to help them. And here at Remote, we use hierarchy, hierarchy to, to structure and to guide people and not to boss people about. And that's very important. And that's, and that's why I love to work here. You use hierarchy and structure to manage people and not boss people around. Yeah. 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 That's, that, that's very important. It's sometimes ingrained in some companies. Titles mean something. For us, titles don't mean that much. If at the end of the day, you lose four or five people a month, and then you're going to put pressure on the recruitment effort, on the recruitment team, and the most, uh, the highest cost on a company, as you know, is people. So how does that work? It's very dynamic. I'm, I, I, I'm a fan of that, of segmentating uh, the team with specific tasks or specific roles, so they don't have projects. Because projects on the long run, your normal day-to-day -day will get, a, it, it will get in the way. So if you have room, if you have space, and if you have the money at the end of the day, um, try to do that. And by doing that, you are passing this message of trust. And at the same time, you are promoting someone to a new role. And that, that person will stay because uh, you, are, you are there for them. You follow that PVP if you have more, that more structure mentality. Some companies do, some companies don't. But that they, they will remember, you know what? I started here for six months and I'm very good at report and analytics. And six months after, I'm, I'm the report analytics manager. So they see, they see the growth. They look back and they see the growth. And that's very important. And, and one of the most key retention factors, it's to have a path, an objective, a, a target, but to see something happen with your career. So career progression, it's very important. Totally agree, Luis. Thank you for listening to the Roundup powered by us here at Sentisum. If you enjoyed this format, please let me know because we can definitely do more like this now that we have a ton of interviews backed up. Uh, my email is ben at sentisum.com. Feel free to drop me a line there if you have any feedback, questions or anything at all you want to say. Uh, have a great week.